So as Joanne mentioned uh, at our welcoming this evening, we're launching our latest homily series, and it's titled, Jesus is With Us. And in this season of Easter, we celebrate that Jesus, the risen from the dead, is with us always. Through our prayer, in community with one another, through scripture, and the celebration of the Eucharist. We see all that on full display in our first reading today from the Acts of the Apostles. The early church uh, had that, and it's the same for our church today. We are nurtured by all four of those elements, prayer, community, scripture, and Eucharist. And then we are called as disciples to take the next step, to bring the benefits of those blessings into a world which is in so much in need of healing and consolation and a testimony of hope. We hear that today in the gospel. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. We are all sent to bring forth the same message of peace and mercy. Today's scripture readings are meant to help us recognize the presence of the risen Lord in our midst. Just as Peter emphasizes in our second reading today, our inheritance is a new birth in the resurrection, in a living hope which is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And I think that's just an absolutely beautiful statement, so full of confidence and faith. The risen Lord offers us peace and mercy. He offers us that peace and mercy, which is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. So it's appropriate that we focus on this theme since this second Sunday of Easter is designated Divine Mercy Sunday, which is why we have this beautiful image of divine mercy on our altar this evening. And to grasp the divine mercy, we need to place ourselves with the disciples in that upper room behind locked doors. Fearful they were because they denied and betrayed and abandoned their master. Just imagine for a moment the tension in that room. And then suddenly Jesus stood in their midst and I would think their fear must have been a bit intensified. Maybe they thought he was back for some sort of revenge. But how does he greet them? With the gift of peace. He shows them his hands and his side so they wouldn't forget what the world had done to him. And he does not follow up with blame or retribution, but only with a simple word of mercy. I think we need to embrace that at various times in our own lives. We are not much different than the disciples. Sometimes we feel isolated and abandoned. We can also find ourselves in a lockdown mode, in darkness, and maybe that darkness is because of grief or anxiety or illness or hurts 
that have been inflicted by others. When we experience the fear because of an unknown outcome. I think that can happen to all of us as a result of our own fears and sin. Spiritually, we can lock ourselves in. But the mercy of Jesus is always attempting to break through. Nothing holds him back from his desire of an intimate relationship with all of us or from his gift of peace. Nothing holds him back. Not darkness, not locked doors, not fear, not lingering doubt. Despite the obstacles we might put in place, the risen Christ breaks in in his amazing grace that desires to overcome all of our fears and all of our doubts. We must also embrace that far too often we're no different than Thomas because his story, I think, is our story. Of course, we believe in the resurrection, but wouldn't it be nice to have a little more concrete evidence? What, is, what evidence would we like to see from Jesus? What would we like to t- touch and experience physically? A little more material presence would be nice. But we should not judge Thomas harshly for his doubt. Jesus didn't. He knows that life isn't always easy for us, and there are many days when we can doubt him. And I think it's okay to doubt. It's only part of our human nature. Many of our great saints suffered from this doubt as well. Doubt encourages us to question and to search, to learn and to find deeper answers. Doubt leads us to a deeper faith. So go ahead, like Thomas, and take your doubts to the Lord. Take them to your friends, talk to them about them. Talk to them about your doubts, think about them, pray about them. That's the only way we can grow in our faith. Thomas should be remembered not because he was absent at the first meeting or because he doubted, but because like us, he was called to believe based on the words of other people. And like Thomas, we all know that that at times can be difficult. Knowing and loving Thomas, just like Jesus knows and loves each and every one of us, he reaches out to Thomas and offers him his wounds. Even though Thomas didn't deserve it, just like we might not at times believe that we deserve it, God always brings us his peace and love and mercy. He continuously reaches out to us. Thomas was not present at the first encounter. We're not exactly told why. Maybe it was because he wasn't afraid to be in that upper room. Or maybe he was afraid to be with the other disciples. I think the important point is Jesus returns a second time. We know that we worship a God of second chances, of multiple chances. He keeps coming back, he keeps searching for us. Remember that the beloved disciple had to look twice into the tomb before he believed. And Mary Magdalene had to turn around 
twice before she recognized that the gardener was the resurrected Jesus. Today, Jesus returns to the upper room twice. He's always coming towards us. He never gives up searching for us. And ultimately, Thomas arrives at the full Easter faith. His profession is one of the most profound in the New Testament. My Lord and my God. So as we approach the altar tonight to receive the Eucharist, let's always remember that we are receiving the Prince of Peace and that Jesus wants to nourish us so that we can spread that very message of peace and mercy in our world today.